It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at MIDI Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. KCAA Loma Linda. Listen on 1050 AM, 102.3 FM, and 106.5 FM. Attention SSI recipients. If you did not file a tax return last year and have children under 17, you must act now to get the $500 economic impact payment per child. If you do not act by May 5th, you must wait until next year to get those payments. Go to irs.gov and enter your information in the non-filer tool by May 5th. That's irs.gov. This message produced by Social Security at U.S. taxpayer expense. KCAA Radio has openings for one-hour talk shows. If you want to host a radio show, now is the time. Make KCAA your flagship station. Our rates are affordable and our services are second to none. We broadcast on three terrestrial frequencies to a population of 5 million people. Plus, we stream and podcast on all major online audio and video systems. If you've been thinking about broadcasting a weekly radio program on real radio plus the Internet, contact our CEO at 281 9-9-9-800-281-599-9800. You can Skype your show from your home to our Redlands, California studio where our live producers and engineers are ready to work with you personally. A radio program on KCAA is the perfect work-from-home avocation in these stressful times. Just type kcaaradio.com into your browser to learn more about hosting a show on the best station in the nation or call our CEO for details, 281-599-9800. Are you having trouble sleeping? Are you always tired and worn out? Is it affecting your work and personal life? Well, South Pacific Sleep Lab can help you out. South Pacific Sleep Lab provides a personal study of your sleep patterns. With their trained specialists, they will diagnose your sleep habits and will give you a prognosis for getting a great relaxing night of sleep. South Pacific Sleep Lab has locations throughout Southern California, including Fontana, and will provide transportation to any of their locations at no cost to you. South Pacific Sleep Lab will give you the help you need 24 hours a day, seven days a week. To find out more, give them a call at 844-SAD-5050. That's 844-SAD-5050. South Pacific Sleep Lab, start resting easy and sleeping sound today. The information economy has arrived. The world is teeming with innovation as new business models reinvent every industry. Every industry. Inside Analysis is your source of information and insight about how to make the most of this exciting new era. Learn more at InsideAnalysis.com. InsideAnalysis.com. And now, here's your host, Eric Cavanaugh. Oh, yes, folks. Welcome to the future. Indeed, it is dynamic. It is interesting. It's happening right now all around us. The uh, post-COVID reality, I guess we're still in media race, as they would say in Latin. It's still ongoing. But uh, it's a time for big change and big opportunity. Yes, your host, Eric Cavanaugh. We're going to talk all about 
one of the hottest topics in the world today, in the world of business at large, and that is supply chain. Yes, indeed, supply and demand, how COVID-19 and tariffs, by the way, are changing the game. I'm very excited to have two experts on the call with us today. We'll hear from Christopher Carter, a good friend of mine now for several years, big part of the SAP ecosystem. He runs a company called Aproyo. He used to work for SAP, and he saw an opportunity to really improve what was being done over there, and so he launched his own company. And I think he even got dragged out of retirement again because uh, so many people needed him. <laughs> so he's on the show today. And we'll also hear from Tom Kiley, very savvy uh, gentleman out of the Austin area, doing very cool stuff with supply chain technology especially on the, uh, well, we'll have him explain exactly what his expertise is and where they focus. But long story short, uh, this is a big opportunity for companies to reinvent themselves, to reinvent how they do business. And I think the whole world is in this sort of fluid state right now. And even though it is uh, a bit scary out there for lots of folks, the fact is this is a new beginning. So I was uh, telling my guests before the call here that uh, in Chinese, in the written language Mandarin, the characters, the character for chaos is very similar to the character for opportunity. And that's because in times of chaos, there's a chance to restructure what you're doing. And so it's really important that we think about all that stuff right now. And I can tell you that in the supply chain world, it's really critical to digitize, or as a friend of mine says, digitalize. In other words, don't just go from analog from paper contracts to digital, but actually digitize the processes themselves to make them more dynamic. Of course, way out at the cutting edge now, you've got things like artificial intelligence and machine learning that are helping to optimize all that. In fact, I remember learning from a very senior gentleman, Hans Talbauer from uh, SAP, probably four years ago, that the biggest brands in the world think consumer and packaged goods think the products that you see in your store shelves, especially the ones that aren't getting gobbled up. Uh, those companies are largely running their supply chain using machine learning technology, which is fascinating. It's really impressive. It's not the easiest thing to pull off, but it can be done. Well, the bottom line is I thought about all this is that uh, we all got a big warning. So, of course, this came out of China, the, um, the COVID-19 or SARS-CoV-2, as some people call it, because it is very similar to the SARS virus from a few years ago. Came out of China. Um, we've pegged the date somewhere around the end of last year. Uh, there's indications that in November, December, it was really brewing, getting up to speed and really causing some trouble over in China. And now, of course, it's here. It's everywhere. It's all over the world. It's a pandemic. But if you think back last year and even the year before, in terms of supply chain, say what you will about the current administration here in the U.S., but the gauntlet was thrown down on China in particular. And I remember watching a news conference in which the president said, if you're relying on China for your supplies or your manufacturing, you should get a new solution, find a new partner, which, I, frankly, I thought was shocking. I was like, wow, that's pretty bold to come out and say something that strong. But my point is, whether you agree with the tariffs or not, they are real. They certainly were real to a greater extent. They've uh, come down a little bit. But it's a very significant uh, fly in the ointment, I should say. And point being, companies that really took that seriously and, and used technologies we'll talk about today and methods and best practices, because it's not just tech, to optimize their supply chain. Well, they're doing a lot better now than companies that didn't. And I'll just throw out one last little fun example before I bring in uh, Chris Carter from Aproyo. <clears throat> Think about toilet paper, right? What happened to the supply chain for toilet paper? Well, what happened to the supply chain for lots of stuff for <clears throat> hand sanitizer, for example? Of course, there was a rush on demand. And so people rushed and bought the toilet paper and, and off it went. <clears throat> it, you had a system that was designed for a certain cadence of purchasing. And all of a sudden, that system went out the window, at least for a handful of really essential goods. <clears throat> and now we're all trying to scramble to, to figure that out. So with that, let me bring in Chris Carter from a company called Aproyo. It's A-P-P-R-O-Y-O. -O. Looked him up online. Chris, you've been doing this stuff for years. And uh, what are you seeing out there in the market? How has COVID-19 changed your day-to-day -day job and what your clients see? Hey, Eric. Good day. Good to talk to you again. So our clients are, you know, they're battling this just like everyone else. They're trying to figure out where they're going to get that toilet paper to stock the offices that they still are going into because they're considered essential and they're putting people six feet away from each other. They're still trying to figure out how they're going to get supplies in from their folks in China or in other parts of the world. They're still trying to figure out 
how they're going to deal with the cost. The cost has gone up tremendously just to get certain products that they can use for day-to-day activities. So some of these customers on a daily basis. I've got one customer that has 95% of their employees are shut down, furloughed. Um, so it's, it's one of those things to be able to figure out how they're going to do that. Okay, good. Now, that makes a lot of sense. And we've also got uh, Tom Kiley on the line from a company called Source Day. Tom is based in Austin, Texas. And you guys have built some technology around this. Explain to our audience uh, what you guys have built and how it works and, and how things are changing from your perspective. Yeah, I appreciate that, Eric. And nice to speak with you again as well. Um, so yeah, Tom Kiley, CEO and co-founder of Source Day. Uh, we're the collaboration engine um, that stops supply chain misses at their source. Um, supply chain, as you can imagine, is being talk- talked about more than ever before, uh, from the White House all the way through to the boardroom uh, at organizations that you know, didn't historically look at their supply chain as risk or as, as a strategic conversation. Um, thousands of customers uh, and companies globally use Source Day uh, to streamline their first mile of their supply chain and really ultimately help them ship more customer orders on time at, at the lowest cost. Uh, so we're an ERP agnostic solution that integrates to the most widely used ERPs in the world uh, to help those organizations manage the procurement of their materials to make sure that they're showing up on time, the correct lead times, the right quantity, the right quality, at the best price, and really eliminate the risk that those suppliers globally can introduce into their stream of procurement and shipping finished goods to their customers. Yeah, and you know, supply chain is such a, a, a fascinating discipline, and it's obviously a huge industry. You know, I've, I, uh, I'm always listening to um, analysts and taking insights from media and even from music. And there's a fun country song I heard when I was driving somewhere one time that said something like, uh, "If you want it, a big truck's on it, and if you bought it, a big truck brought it." <laughs> right? Which is funny <laughs> because it just shows. That, yes, there are big trucks that move all this stuff around, all the product that we get, unless it's sourced locally, in which case there are smaller trucks. But all those trucks have to have a plan of where they're going and what they're picking up and where they're delivering it. And there's this really wide spectrum of innovation across that entire chain from sourcing all the way through uh, delivery and how it gets there and just all these different components. If you do the real cutting-edge approach – there are amazing things that you can do. And it seems to me that your focus on the cloud is really important because in the cloud, you just access the same system everyone else is accessing. And so everything is up to date. And that's huge for supply chain because latency of information transfer, I have to think, is one of the most critical components in unsuccessful supply chain. But what do you think? Yeah, I couldn't, couldn't agree more, right? I think the number one thing that we've recognized, my co-founder and I both come from supply chain backgrounds, is visibility, right? The ERP systems do a fantastic job of telling organizations the materials that they need to go and buy based off forecasts and demand planning and inventory levels. Uh, but what they don't have the story around is, you know, where suppliers are going to fall down or where they're going to miss that's going to drive the biggest impact and cost to your ability to plan production, tool lines, staff, schedule, and ultimately recognize revenue to ship to your finished customers. And it's it's without that visibility in non-digital status quo, Excel-driven worlds that you've you know brought significant risk into your organization because these com- companies that you've partnered with globally, uh, as we've just now seen, can get turned off overnight. And now your yeah. supply chain of your most critical parts is is no more. Um, we That's had a right. customer just last week share a story that they were able to maintain and continue operations despite having their suppliers primarily be out of China. Wow. Yeah, and Chris Carter, I'll bring you back in to kind of comment on that. It is tremendously disruptive, especially if you only have one trusted supplier, let's say for a particular part for an automobile. If that supplier goes offline, and let's face it, in China, you had Wuhan, the entire province of Hubei, put under quarantine and shut down. 
So it's funny. I was talking to, um, I went and got the kid a phone. I got her, our child, her first phone, maybe a bit early, but, uh, she loves it and she needs to learn how to use these things. But we were at the AT&T store and I was trying to get her one of the eight, the iPhone eights in part because it's less expensive. Uh, and she doesn't need the latest, but he said, Oh, those are real hard to get right now because those are the ones that are still made in China. And of course that factory was shut down for an entire month. So, Chris Carter, when you get that kind of disruption in a supply chain of, of critical components, you're going to see long-term ripple effects across all the companies that sell your product, all the consumers who buy it. Everybody feels that pain, right, Chris? Everybody feels that pain. That's why it's interesting um, when you look at what's going on in the ecosystem right now and you look at what Japan decided they said they wanted to do. They're paying companies to come back to Japan and be a part of their supply chain directly in Japan rather than in China. They're going to pay a company to move out of China and come back to Japan because their supply chain, they don't want it disrupted like that any longer. Mm -hmm. How amazing is that? Now imagine that starts happening here in the United States. Yeah. People went to China from from a disruptive standpoint about 20 years ago because of money, because of cost. And it built that Chinese empire up. Now you bring that supply chain and you put that back on U.S. soil, whole. It changes the world economy greatly, and it changes us as individuals in the supply chain. And and I'm not going to take this as a political route. I'm taking this as a technologist. Now from a supply chain activity, now you've got multiple organizations in the United States fighting over each other in order to be your supplier of record, your number one and your number two and your number three. Yeah. Those are good things to have as a supply chain, as an end builder. Yeah, that's a really good point. And uh, Tom, I'll throw this back over to you because you just had mentioned visibility is the most important thing. You want to be able to know as the proprietor of some organization when you can get these parts in, when you can get those parts in. And you also want to be able to score the suppliers, right? You want to know, okay, well, ABC Corp tends to be slow, especially in the summer, whereas this other company is much more on time, but they're more expensive. But just the key is to have the information so you can take your own risks intelligently and make informed decisions about how to move forward, right? Absolutely, right? And it's just like you said, right? The the visibility into the data and and not just the current status data, right? The current purchase orders, the current PO lines and parts on order, but also, you know, the predictability of risk in your forecast, right? You know, with technology like SourceDay or or others even, um, you use machine learning based off historical data and trends that can show you in your forecast uh, down to a part number where there may be risk in the spring on a certain part coming from a specific region that you know you would not previously have been um, aware of or paying attention to that could cause significant costs and disruptions to your customers and to your your revenue Um, so it's a significant thing to make sure that you have the data set the digitization the visibility to truly score your suppliers on objective performance not someone's subjective feelings on how, That's right. <laughs> um, how, how Uncle Bob's, you know, nuts and bolts have been treating you as a customer versus, you know, really, right. you know, the impact they've driven. Well, and, you know, numbers don't lie, right? And that's one of the keys to success in the information economy. And I'll throw this back over to you, Tom, just to comment on our first break is coming up in a second. But, you know, again, being able to track the efficacy, the efficiency, the pricing, the quality of goods, all these metrics that you want to be paying attention to, being able to track that over time and over a significant period of time, that's really important because then the managers can know which companies to contract with, especially when big orders come in or whatever the case may be. If you've got the data, then you'll be able to quantify the relationship. It won't just be, I know Bob and I trust Bob. It's, I know and trust Bob. And by the way, here are the numbers that prove that he's the, the company we should work with, right? Absolutely. Right. It's the the age old saying that some people, you know, love and some people hate, but if you can't, you know, measure it and you can't manage it. Right. And that that's even more true when you're collaborating outside your four walls, you might have hundreds or thousands of suppliers that you rely on daily. And if you can't uh, with confidence know that they're going to be able to meet your demand to the day, 
then you can't effectively deliver to your customers and you're ultimately flying blind. Um, so, you know, having options for, you know, every part that you manufacture and every part that you need for manufacturing goods, um, domestic or global is a necessity moving forward. And, uh, you know, the uncertainty that, you know, the tragic COVID, um, pandemic has brought to the world is, you know, more telling than ever before that, you know, change needs to happen in the supply chain. Yeah, that's exactly right. I, I love some of these old expressions. There's one, it, it dates back to Greek times that uh, luck is when opportunity meets preparation. And there are lots of lucky companies right now that are doing pretty darn well. I've talked to some consulting firms last week. And they said, hey, it's great for us because <laughs> we work remotely. We know how to work remotely. So there's someone that, that's happy out there. I guarantee you suppliers of toilet paper are just loving it right now. They've got a surge of cash. They're trying to figure out how to spend, right? And, uh, of course, hand sanitizer and things of this nature. I mean, you know, I, we're all fairly savvy buyers these days, or most people are. You hop online, you can go to you know, Amazon and other places and see. But even on Amazon, even all these other suppliers were just out of stuff. And it's the toilet paper. It's the tissue paper. It's the disinfecting wipes. All these things are, are suddenly in tremendous need. And again, it's not because uh, it went away. The disruptive effect created a, a panic buying, right? It's, uh, that's basically what happened is people panicked. They worried because, you know, it, it's understandable that they would worry because you get governors saying everyone's shelter at home. That has never happened before. And I remind people, it's not just that this virus came around because we've had many viruses before. We've never had a shutdown of a virus ever. This is the first one. And uh, it wasn't the virus itself. It was the response of the Chinese government to the situation over there, placing 60 million people under quarantine. That's what scared people. It looked crazy. So we'll pick that back for the break, folks. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Inside Analysis. Your data where you need it. Query This is brought to you by HVR, the leading independent provider of real-time data replication software. With HVR, you get a low-impact solution to replicate and integrate data from a variety of source systems, such as Oracle, SQL Server, Postgres, Salesforce, to destinations such as Kafka, Azure, AWS, Snowflake, and more. Get it delivered fast, efficient, secure. HVR offers everything you need in one tool for real-time data replication, initial load and table creation, log-based change data capture, data validation, and visual statistics on how your data is moving so that you can optimize your data flows. Give your business intelligence teams accurate data they can trust when they need it. Learn more at hvr-software.com. That's hvr-software.com. Welcome back to Inside Analysis. Here's your host, Eric Cavanaugh. All right, folks, we are in the future right now. I can tell you what, I always joke uh, that famous quote from William Gibson, the future is here already. It's just not evenly distributed. That's a supply chain issue. <laughs> Mostly, I have to think. That's a supply chain issue, getting you the cool stuff when you want it. Think about uh, when you used to have lines around the corner and the new iPhone would come out, it's not really the case as much anymore. But now we all have it. So the supply chain problem is largely solved. But uh, we all have to think around this whole reliance on China. I mean, everyone knows, made in China, manufactured in China. We've seen that for years and years now. And uh, to Chris's point earlier, I think that's all going to change somewhat dramatically. But beyond that, we do have to make the most with the time we have. And uh, Chris Carter from Aproy, I'll bring you back in. One of the cool things you mentioned to me was that it's a great time now for large organizations or the ones that use technologies like SAP to do all those updates and all those upgrades, which is always a scary thing when you're in production because you don't want to slow down the system. You don't want to break a system that's working, but you do have to stay up to speed and not just for security, but for all kinds of reasons. So it's a good time to do the upgrade now, right, Chris? Do we lose him? Right there, it is. It uh, yeah, you're. Is. Yeah, you're. All the hot packs, all the updates. 
everything that you can do. Can everybody yeah. hear me okay? Yeah, you, you you might want to call in actually. Let me uh, if you could call in. You should see the number in the in the invite, and I'll jump over to Tom again real quick. Um, but Tom, even for the stuff that you guys do, I have to think if your company is offline now, if you've been told that you're not an essential business, that's a good time to do upgrades, right? To improve your operations, to do the kind of things that you always want to do, but never have time to when you're just running your business. Right, Tom? Yeah, without a doubt. Right. I think we're seeing a mixed bag of results. Some people are taking it, um, you know, as, as just time, time off and time down. Um, (laughs) um, but, but more often than not, we're seeing it as, time to shore up services and processes and applications. Um, you know, we've got customers to your point that are upgrading their versions of their ERPs and their databases and all their instances and uh, shoring those systems up. And in addition to that, they're also making it a strategic time to digitize. We're seeing uh, an, an influx in inquiries and interest in our business uh, as they're now starting to recognize that status quo supply chain processes are just no longer uh, going to be successful for them and without change and without adopting new ways, um, they're going to struggle. Right. Um, so I think it's a significant time now to be more strategic, to really embrace the digitization and, and start to put systems and processes in place that will enable you to maybe even thrive, if not at least survive during the next pandemic, whatever. That's right. Yeah, that's what I keep thinking about is, okay, is this, we're going to do this every time a new virus comes out? I don't think so. I think that, uh, number one, this one is particularly acute, obviously, but you make such a good point. And for those out there in the world of operations, if you're the operational guy or girl, you know that it's really scary. The upgrade is always kind of scary, right? And you want to be able to test it and throw rocks at it and stress it any way you can and make sure it still works. Because an old system that works is better than a new system that doesn't. But the point is, to your point, um, Tom, now is the time to to really fully embrace whatever the, the best technology you can afford is because you want to prepare yourself for whatever comes next. Who knows what else is going to come down the road? There are natural disasters. Lots of things can happen. The more agile and dynamic your supply chain is, the better off you're going to be. Right, Tom? Absolutely right. I think we we like to position it with our customers in the market. You know, as it, you know, once you put digital transformation in place and modernize your communication, your collaboration with your suppliers globally, um, you're now able to play offense during times like this, mm-hmm. right? Where it's inevitable, you know, something like this may happen again, whether it's a natural disaster, um, hurricanes, uh, fires, no matter what it be, right? Your suppliers could go offline. Um, overnight and, you know, needing to have a solution in place that continues collaboration, continues the, the demand flow and continues production, uh, despite what may occur, um, you know, without those systems, without, without being digital and without being prepared, um, you're always going to be playing defense. You're always going to be playing catch up. And that's just, that's, that's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, it really is. And Chris, I think we've got you back online now. I'll throw this back over to you. There's also this huge opportunity, kind of per your comment about Japan, to be a local supplier now. So you have to figure lots of companies that are relying on China and and places far away for their products and services, for their parts, basically, in particular, or manufacturing. Well, guess what? They're all now concerned about future tariffs, about, you know, future pandemics, whatever the case may be, if your supplier is next door, it's a lot better than for suppliers on the other side of the planet. So I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity in manufacturing here in the States for parts and all kinds of things, right, Chris? But the key is to know what's in demand and what's not in demand. And that kind of speaks to things like SAP Ariba and that, that whole solution, having tons of information about what people want. Can you comment on that, Christopher? Yeah, I agree. And the... SAP ecosystem, you know, they've got several tools that they've acquired over the years and Ariba being one of them and such that you can go out there and you can have a, basically a grocery store. All those customers that are out there that you need to buy solution pieces for, pieces for my Ford or for my for my medicines or whatever I need to make, I can go out there and I can see who is going to be the first, my second, my third as Tom mentioned earlier, you know, you might have somebody that is is a little bit slower in the summertime. 
and their price point is a little bit this. And you can use those. And then there's tools like Qualtrics and such that SAP has that you can manipulate what is best for me and my company in order to manufacture what I need to send out into the ecosystem to sell. And you take all those into account. And Tom made a point again earlier, you know, you want to gauge what you're going to need, when you're going to need them, and how you're going to need them by who, and gauge those and give them a number of reference, and who's your number one, two, three, and such. And that's the benefit of having some of those solutions together to really help you out in that regard. Yeah, and that's exactly the way to do it, right, Tom, is to have your your list of preferences, especially if you are of some producer that needs lots and lots of different supplies, lots of component parts, you know, think washing machines, think cars, think televisions, whatever the case may be, those complex electronics, you've got lots of different suppliers, lots of different parts. Some of them are interchangeable. The better a handle you have on your options, what's available to you, and that whole intelligent spend management thing that we keep talking about, the, the better off you're going to be in terms of being able to make the right decisions. Because it's all about decision-making and knowing which risk to take at what time. And again, the more prepared you are for that, it's going to be a lot easier for you to navigate even really turbulent waters. Right, Tom? No, absolutely. I couldn't, you know, couldn't have said it better. It's, it's the decision-making and it's visibility to decisions that are going to cause a significant impact, right? And, and if you can't do those things in real time proactively, where, you know, your suppliers are acknowledging purchase orders, you know, within under a 24-hour SLA and telling you where they're going to miss, you then can now proactively go and say, why, well, you know, I'm going to go and send this to my second supplier of choice. or my." It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Third, that's right. Uh, if you don't, if you don't have one, have a request for quote tool uh, that can get you to go find one in the market that can meet your demand. But not knowing when a miss is going to happen until it's too late, you've already lost the battle. Right? There's nothing you can do at that point, and and that happened because you weren't collaborating and you weren't in real time communication and visibility with your supply chain, which is where most organizations in this pandemic, uh, in the new world that we're in today, uh, have found themselves, and that's. That's the opportunity now that we just spoke to, which is, you know, use this downtime or this slowdown uh, for most industries uh, to, to stand up systems and processes and make yourself more resilient. Yeah, yeah, I'd be curious to get your take on this, Tom, and then Christopher as well. It seems to me a, a treasure trove of information would be able to scan and analyze and discover from large amounts of data going through systems like Ariba where the bottlenecks are to be able to see which parts are are not getting supplied fast enough to be able to see, you know, which segments of which industries are in need of things. How possible is that today? And are we getting close to where that's going to be um, just a regular capability that, that companies can leverage? What do you think first, Tom and then Chris? Yeah, I mean, I think absolutely right. So Source Day is, um, you know, probably one of the fastest growing, I'd say, in my opinion, and and one of the largest for direct materials procurement and collaboration. So for six years now, 
Um, you know, we've got thousands upon thousands of companies and suppliers globally transacting every single day uh, upon millions of records, meaning we know, you know, down to a part number, uh, suppliers, uh, industries' ability to meet that demand at a specific time, at a specific quantity, um, and whether or not their quality will be high. Um, in, in being able to have that data in times like today as a manufacturing organization is critical to say, I, I know, you know, I, I'm going to need to go, you know, pay more and go to the best supplier for this uh, over my supplier B uh, to make sure that I, I'm meeting my demand in these uncertain times. And it's it's having visibility and collaboration um, to that data set, right, that we're building um, over transactions and years of data. Sourceday has seen over $66 billion worth of direct materials procurement wow. processed through the platform. Wow. Um, so we're, we're starting to build that database. And one last cool thing I'll offer now is, um, you know, we're starting to work with, you know, government, state and federal organizations uh, on helping them find providers for PPE um, manufacturing and supplies uh, during the shortage to make sure that they're getting certified and, and quality equipment to hospitals. Wow. That's great stuff. So there again, we can learn from situations like this. And Chris, I'll throw it back over to you. I'm very excited about the opportunities that can be generated from this kind of repository that Tom is talking about. And of course, SAP Ariba touts, I mean, they talk about dollar amounts in the trillion if you if you expand the timeline long enough. But the key is to be able to analyze that data, to be able to get it in a, a size and a form that is consumable and to be able to really understand where the pockets are. Because again, for something like manufacturing, there's such a long lead time. You have to get your own supplies to be able to manufacture this part or that part. You have to have the expertise. You have to have the machines to do it. You have to have the people who know how to use the machines. I mean, we heard this story recently about some of the big manufacturers switching and, and focusing on creating ventilators. That, that takes a fair amount of time, and it's good to have the ingenuity at play and the innovation taking place, but there is this long lead time, and so that's why it's important to really get out ahead of things instead of being reactive, like Tom was saying, right, Chris? Absolutely, and, uh, and that's why I love Source Day, and that's why I like Ariba, is you've got that back-end knowledge that's your knowledge to understand what those companies are doing. And to be able to leverage that to make reports and to get the information, you know, in this COVID-19 age, when you've got to get out there and you've got to get those materials and you need to get them yesterday, to be able to go into your back end of that system, run a report and say, I know that these 25 manufacturers have X, Y, and Z, or these two are the only ones available at the moment. And to be able to take that data and that information and to leverage that for that success that's what's data is the new king. Mm -hmm. And if you can deal with data and hold on to that data and use that data for the purposes that it's meant to within your environment, you're going to come out so much more ahead. Yeah. Data and process awareness. And that, that gets back to the other critical component here. It's not just the technology and the data, but it's really understanding these sort of overlapping processes that combine to create what we call supply chain management, right, Tom? Absolutely, right. I mean, I think it's it's having a single process and a single source of truth, right, where most organizations, you know, they'll use their ERP as a single source of truth, and that's their process for procurement. But where the ERP systems stop uh, in most cases is that collaboration outside of the demand data, where mm -hmm. it goes into Excel, it goes into email, it goes into pen and paper, and just manual processes that breaks down at that point. And now you've, you know, introduced significant amount of risk where, you know, the, the ERP system that you spent millions of dollars standing up uh, is still your single source of truth, but the data in it is wrong and you can't trust it. Right. And that's because your supplier has told you in an email that they're going to miss half of the current purchase orders demand that you have out. It could represent tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue, but you've never told the ERP system that. So having a process like source day or otherwise, that's bi-directionally integrated to your ERP system, but also collaborating through workflows and dashboards to drive suppliers to proactively tell you of risk 
and then allow you to make sure that the ERP system is accurate. So now you can actually have a single source of truth that you can trust and operate from, whether it's a good outcome or not. It is, it is at least the real outcome that you can plan to exist. Yeah, that's such a good point. Whether it's a good outcome or not, it's the real outcome. The truth is what you want. You don't want uh, anyone to sugarcoat supply chain data. (laughs) That's not good at all. (laughs) Then you think, oh, you're on the phone with your biggest customer. Everything's fine. It's going to be delivered. And then, you know, four days later, when you're fielding the very angry phone call from said biggest client who is now looking at your competitor, it's like, oh, well, yeah, we didn't get that. Oh, that was Bob. He was on vacation. Oh, no, (laughs) that's not good. Exactly. It's not good. Well, we'll pick this up after the break, folks, because there are some things that you can do to address it, to to prepare yourself, to become future-proof, if you will. I'm teasing our new show. And we'll be right back. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to the only show, Coast to Coast, all about the information economy. It's Inside Analysis. Welcome back to Inside Analysis. Here's your host, Eric Cavanaugh. All right, folks, back here on Inside Analysis, talking all about supply chain. It used to be very obscure. No one knew much about supply chain until COVID-19 struck. I saw a real funny meme we joked about last week on Twitter that said, who led the organization's digital transformation at your company? Was it A, the CEO, B, the CTO, or C, COVID-19? And uh, most people said, yeah, (laughs) COVID-19. That's what did it. Mm -hmm. External events have a remarkable way of getting us to pay attention to the basics. And I'll bring Tom Kiley back in from Source Day. And Tom, there is this concept that SAP talks about intelligence spend management. I think it's fantastic stuff. I also think it's pretty futuristic. But basically, it's the idea that if you have enough data about your suppliers and even their suppliers across the spectrum of your business processes, that's when you can be much more efficient about knowing what, how much cash flow to keep, knowing how much investment to get. All those sorts of financial decisions come into play, but it's still pretty forward-looking in part because it seems to me if you're going to give one of your suppliers or one of your customers access to systems of your own that show your other suppliers there's a lot of trust that has to go into that but if you have that trust it's really powerful to be able to to run all those numbers and really better understand all the different possible scenarios that could show up right tom yeah without a doubt right and i think um you know a big differentiator right where we we play in the market uh, as opposed to you know ariba's primary focus which is spend management and Spending as a service, I think, as Coupa has uh, eloquently um, dubbed it, um, you know, Source Day is focused very much so on the direct materials spend, where you are still focused on spend and you still need that picture of what's my current outstanding um, liabilities and purchase orders as it relates to materials, because that directly impacts your cost of goods sold. Uh, mm. That is, goes right to the bottom dollar. So one of the things that we help our customers bring visibility to is making sure that they're, they're not overbuying safety stock because suppliers are poor performing, right? You're not, you're not compensating for their lates and their misses by just simply sitting on excess inventory and having real-time digital collaboration against those materials and, and lead times down to a part makes you able to more confidently buy on more accurate lead times, effectively giving you better spend management meaning you're, you're sending cash straight to the bottom line just by being able to say you're not overbuying material and sitting on cost of goods uh, just because your performance of your suppliers is so poor. So it's bringing visibility to those components that then immediately impact the spend and the savings uh, as a whole. And, and that goes across the board for direct or indirect spend, right? It's, it's buying too much too early, um, because of lack of collaboration and, and significant risk in your supply chain for no matter what purchase or part you're buying. Yeah, that's a really good point. And Chris Carter, I'll bring you back in on that too. Again, intelligent spend management as conceived, I think is still pretty futuristic, pretty forward-looking. But to Tom's point, you really want to optimize things like inventory because number one, it affects your cash flow. Number two, it affects your credit. Number three, it affects your ability to to pivot. You know, there is this whole concept of sunk costs. And so if you went out there and bought 10,000 widgets and the market only wants 500 of them, 
there's something in the back of your mind that thinks, okay, how can we sell those widgets? How can we move those widgets? Well, maybe you shouldn't. Maybe you should cut your losses and move on. And having too much inventory will, again, skew your decision-making. But I, I do think we're moving in the right direction now with having greater visibility because all that stuff helps you understand how you're making your money, where your profit margins are. Right, Chris? You're right. I think we're going to see more of a just-in-time manufacturing process pop up even more and more now. Uh, a lot of these organizations were getting fat and lazy and putting right. so much of their uh, needs out in the warehouse and saying, okay, I'm going to hold on to it because I know we're going to make this in eight months, in nine months, 10 months. Maybe they were getting a good price point. Maybe they weren't, but they were just going to hoard it and sit on it. Uh, I, I really see a JIT now just in time coming back to our manufacturers here in the United States. And that's where Tom and his team is going to be just, Source Day is going to be just, instrumental in making sure that those organizations are getting what they need, when they need it, and how they need it. And, you know, my teams that work with SAP and Ariba and the SAP activities that flow through with Source Day, you're really going to see a lot of that activity. And it's it's going to be a new change. That is for sure. Yeah. And I'll throw this back over to you, Chris. How much information in terms of best practices and and technologies do companies share back with like an SAP, for example, how often does that happen or how often do companies like to hold on to what they consider as proprietary, their best practices for solving some of these supply chain issues? You know, there's a, there's a back and forth that happens with within the SAP ecosystem and with uh, manufacturers and their suppliers. Um, There is definitely a back and forth. Now, is it as in-depth as we've been talking about earlier? Uh, Most likely not. But there are organizations that get pretty in-depth with knowing what's in their warehouses, uh, what they need to bring over from a supplier standpoint, and how they need to go. And, you know, Tom can talk more intelligently to that because he probably sees it every day on what vendors are getting to their end customer from a standpoint of being in the warehouse and being able to then make product and ship that out as well. Yeah, right. Tom, you want to comment on that real quick? Yeah, no, I appreciate that because it's a great point. You know, one of the things that we've really been watching from a data standpoint is, you know, pre-COVID, it was pretty typical that a customer in any manufacturing space could guarantee that at least a third of their PO lines of, you know, raw materials or unfinished goods were going to have some sort of change or deviation from their supplier meaning they couldn't meet the date or the quantity, short shipment, price change, maybe even the part change, revision, et cetera. Uh, what we've seen since COVID in, in just the few months that's happened is a doubling um, to two-thirds of every customer's purchase orders are now requiring one or more changes um, that, you know, again, as we spoke earlier, if those changes don't get captured and put into the ERP system, you now have inaccuracies uh, that lead to over buying and poor inventory control and, uh, ultimately cash, right? And cash is king right now. And, um, you know, overspending in materials when you don't need to is just certainly one way to eliminate that. Yeah, that's a really, that's a really, really good point. And it's got me thinking, uh, Chris, I'll throw, throw this over to you. Supply chain is kind of cool now. Right? It used to be <laughs> fairly esoteric, but I think a lot more people, and this is to all the younger people out there, if you're looking for a career, look to supply chain because we're going to need people to optimize these products. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply processes and also just to kind of track down the loose ends that's basically what tom is talking about right is because of covid we have many more loose ends because there are so many different processes and and um 
manufacturing components that have been disrupted. Right, Chris? You're right. So now I'm cool compared to what my children think of me these days. Um, but yeah, it you know, you, you get these cycles that come in with technology and with, with what people need and what organizations need and what the manufacturer needs. And data, as we said earlier, is king. So to be able to take that data and to be able to utilize that, be able to make those decisions, you know, right now, cash flow is going to be the queen supreme. And it's going to be that way for the through the end of the year. You're going to have to make sure as a manufacturer, as an end user, as the organization, your cash flow is up to snuff. And by making sure that your supplies are are not overburdened in your warehouse, that your manufacturing, all that plays into account now. And so that's why, you know, an Ariba and a, a Source Day are going to be critical for these organizations going forward. Well, you know, I just came up with a great idea for the podcast bonus segment. I'll tease that. But, folks, if you're listening on air, driving down the highway, and you're like, oh, I want that podcast bonus segment, go to InsideAnalysis.com, look up the most recent show or whatever show that uh, it was you were listening to, and that's where you'll find those segments. But in the podcast bonus segment today, we'll talk about jobs in supply chain. What are the jobs? What do those jobs look like? And very quickly, in 90 seconds, I'll throw it out to Tom. That um, that job of managing the exceptions, there's just a lot of phone calls and emails need to be sent. And, and the whole time you should be thinking about how to automate that for the future. Right, Tom? Absolutely. Right. I think um, most organizations have relied on just more human effort and human capital to manage these manual processes. And I think um, those people have a significant role in being more strategic rather than where they've been historically, which is in that tactical just chasing suppliers down for an acknowledgement or a sign of life that they're going to be able to send something at some point, whether it's on time or not. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's, it's being able to put those people into more strategic roles and, and process and automate as much as you possibly can so that scenarios like this don't cripple you in the future. Yeah, that's right. It's better to get your your phone that you ordered two days late than not at all, basically, or two days late and uh, not at a 20% premium in price. I mean, there are lots of different things that could be done to optimize what gets achieved in the business world. But at the end of the day, you want good product at a low price and delivered quickly. Like That's what everybody wants. Well, folks, we'll be right back on the podcast bonus segment. And uh, don't touch that dial. Otherwise, we've been talking all about supply chain with Tom Kiley and Christopher Carter of Aproyo and Tom Kiley of Source Day. We'll be back with the podcast bonus segment next. Welcome back to Inside Analysis. Here's your host, Eric Cavanaugh. All right, folks, time for the podcast bonus segment here today in our show about supply chain. We're talking to Tom Kiley from Source Day and Christopher Carter from Aproyo. And Tom, in the break right there, just made a really good comment. If you want to understand, if you want a tangible connection to supply chain, just go to any store anywhere and touch something. And there it is, because it all came through a supply chain. Every bag of Cheetos, every bundle of toilet paper, every bottle of hand sanitizer. It came from someplace that is manufactured to a warehouse and onto you. And the, the more we focus on this industry, um, I think the, the better off we're all going to be. And to that point, Tom, I'll, I'll just ask you, you know, as you, as your company grows, what are, what are some of the roles that you're looking for? What do you look for in prospective employees to, to flesh out your operation and to help your clients? That's a great question, right? And I think, um, you know, one of the things that I love right now is supply chain is becoming cool, as you mentioned earlier, right? And I think uh, we're looking for employees from sales to customer support across the board uh, to have as much, if if all, if, if any, supply chain experience, whether they've sold technology to manufacturing companies, they've They've uh, worked in supply chain. Uh, we have a handful of employees that were previously buyers at manufacturing organizations. So they were mm. actually our typical end user of our platform uh, doing manual processes. So they understand and can speak to customers. So um, some of the key roles we're looking for right now are people that understand data and supply chain. KCAA Loma Linda, 1050 AM, 106.5 FM, and now 102.3 FM. 
understanding and experience you can have from supply chain, uh, the better uh, the odds are of a source day hiring you for sure. Yeah, that's cool. And Chris Carter, I'll throw it over to you from a Proyo. Uh, Tom makes an excellent point here, which is if you've been on the end user side of the equation, if you've been the one receiving the products or the one selling the products, you have a real appreciation for what it takes for being able to get through to people, going through the requirements, making sure all the boxes are checked appropriately, making sure you got the dimensions just right. I mean, there's nothing worse than uh, ordering 10,000 widgets and having to come in the, the wrong size, right? So you want to uh, have someone who's detail-oriented, I have to think, but someone who who can appreciate what it means because there are lots of moving parts in supply chain and there are lots of different control points along that spectrum, if you will. So depending upon your personality type or your business interest, there are lots of different places you can land in the supply chain world and do cool stuff. Right, Chris? Oh God, absolutely. You can be white collar and blue collar. You can be the truck driver that takes it from point A to point B. You can be the warehouse person that moves it from the truck into the warehouse to be able to get it onto the store floor. You can be the person who's the purchasing agent for the materials. You can be, you know, you can be a logistics person who's going to worry about how trucks are going to get from point A to point B so you don't have a deadhead load. You know, there's so many different roles and responsibilities that are out there in the supply chain. It is incredible. And as Tom was talking earlier during the, the show, you know, to be able to match that all up and to understand who's doing what and where and who's doing it better for you as an end store or an end customer, those are the, those are the pieces that you're going to need in, in the future. You're going to need that information to make informed decisions because, again, cash will be king. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have to make sure that you can move things forward in a logistical standpoint that's going to help you and your customers at the end of the day. Yeah, you know, I'll I'll close out with this analogy or just this thought, and I'll throw it over to Tom for commentary. Think about how Uber is changing supply chain. And what I mean by that is Uber came along and upended the taxi business, which was really lagging behind in terms of optimizing the technology by showing you where the car is. Right, And think about how FedEx and UPS and USPS have done this, being able to track your package. Well, we've had RFID, radio frequency identification, for years now in the retail business. And more and more, you're going to see that kind of technology facilitating supply chain because you'll know, wait a minute, all my widgets are supposed to be in, in Arkansas now and they're still sitting in California. So that kind of data, that kind of real-time view is going to be really powerful going forward in optimizing supply chains and thus lowering costs and improving customer experience. Right, Tom? Yeah, without a doubt, right? I think um, there's stages throughout the supply chain lifecycle, right? There's the demand planning and scheduling and procurement. There's collaboration with your suppliers globally to understand risk and what's going to be on time and what's going to be late. And the last mile of that, right, we consider ourselves first mile at source day. Uh, the last mile is logistics and transportation. And there's great carriers out there uh, that, you know, we've partnered with some and we're looking to partner with a couple of others that give visibility, right, to down to the smallest widget that goes into a finished bus's uh, assembly. Um, I need to know where it is so that it arrives at the right date and right time as a part of our scheduling and production. So, that visibility down to a penny part um, is critical to the, the success and uh, the visibility of a completed supply chain digital transformation. Uh, having you know multiple solutions um, give you all that data into a single source of truth is critical. Yeah, and you know I'll just kind of close with this, Tom. You you, you referenced a really good point here, which is that if you think about. A bus, for example, that's got lots and lots and lots of supplies. You cannot be relying on an Excel spreadsheet on some person's desktop computer, which, by the way, they can't access now because of a shelter at home. <laughs> you do not want to be relying on that. You want to have the the details as abstracted out as possible, meaning you want that that set of details of products to be dynamically updated such that the end user gets alerts that say, ping, wait a minute, these stereos are not going to show up on time. I have three weeks now to source a new stereo to fit into that slot inside the bus. That's the kind of situation you want ideally, right, Tom? Absolutely. And I use the bus example as a real-life example. It's one of our largest customers, second-largest bus manufacturer in the country, and um, they were living in Excel and email. And to your point, 
you know, thousands of thousands of parts from thousands of suppliers go into a, sing, a single bus manufacturing. Um, and, and just one single part can completely stop that flow of manufacturing where you have a bus and dozens of them sitting on a manufacturing line that you now cannot push through. So now you've yeah. completely halted production at a very massive scale and a very large cost. So it's, yeah. <laughs> it's that visibility uh, that is just completely critical. That's exactly right. Well, folks, another fantastic hour today. Big thanks to our guests today, Christopher Carter from Aproyo and Tom Kiley from Source Day. Look them up on LinkedIn or online. And we're mapping out the second half of the year right now on Inside Analysis. Send me an email if you want to be on the show, info at insideanalysis.com. The only show. KCAA Loma Linda, your CNBC news station, where your business comes first. I'm guessing that being rich is a comfortable feeling. No money worries. You're set for life. But is it possible that too rich can be too much? Even discombobulating? Imagine being Mark Zuckerberg, whose social media monopoly, Facebook, put another $27 billion in his pocket last year. Forget fundamental questions about whether he or anyone is worthy of such an excessive haul of the world's wealth. How do you spend it? Mansions, yachts, jets, jewels, a Picasso painting, your personal island, and other trinkets barely dent your multi-billionist windfall. And since the Trumpeteers drastically slashed your taxes, far less of your extraordinarily good fortune is diverted to public need and America's common good. Thus, the bulk of your booty goes to making you even richer. You buy out other corporations and advanced technologies. You dump billions into Wall Street, artificially jacking up the price of stocks you own. Your wealth expands exponentially, inequality spreads, and the egalitarian ideals that hold our huge, diverse society together are stretched to the breaking point. Interestingly, more and more uber-rich individuals are comprehending the ultimate consequences of such extreme selfishness, so they're responding with extreme consumerism. Specifically, they've created a boom in the sale of maximum security James Bondish armored vehicles. Priced in the half-million-dollar range, these rolling fortresses can come with 700-horsepower engines, tailpipe-to-grill anti-blast protection, door handles that can electrocute intruders, roof-mounted gun turrets, and room for 10 fully-equipped bodyguards. This is Jim Hightower saying, these armored beasts have become the preferred ride of billionaires, not to flaunt their fortunes, but to fend off the masses they've ripped off. What do the corporate powers from Wall Street to Walmart have in common? They hate the Hightower Lowdown. You can see why at www.hightowerlowdown.org. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. Are you having trouble sleeping? Are you always tired and worn out? Is it affecting your work and personal life? Well, South Pacific Sleep Lab can help you out. South Pacific Sleep Lab provides a personal study of your sleep patterns. With their trained specialists, they will diagnose your sleep habits and will give you a prognosis for getting a great relaxing night of sleep. South Pacific Sleep Lab has locations throughout Southern California, including Fontana, and will provide transportation to any of their locations at no cost to you. South Pacific Sleep Lab will give you the help you need 24 hours a day, seven days a week. To find out more, give them a call at 844-SAD-5050. That's 844-SAD-5050. South Pacific Sleep Lab, start resting easy and sleeping sound today. KCAA Loma Linda. Listen on 1050 AM, 102.3 FM, and 106.5 FM. KCAA Radio has openings for one-hour talk shows. If you- KCAA Loma Linda, 1050 AM, 106. 106-
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.